Stone comes ahead, back and forth with Pacioretty. Now Stevenson kicks it in. It will count. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. From the draw, Nicholas Haig rifles it home. One-time shot from Haig. Vegas ties it 3-3. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in, Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wallace Millard Chapman live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Back above 500, the Vegas Golden Knights uh, kicking off the six-game homestand with a nice third-period performance to beat the Seattle Kraken last night. We have our ratings coming up, and I accidentally... I'm sorry about this. I spilled the ratings because they were in this the cup where we all put our ratings in, and I spilled it, and I saw one shocking evaluation from last night. So that's coming up in hour number two. Uh, I'm amazed by this, by what I witnessed, and I can't wait to uh, tell the people and have this uh, just uh, fall out to the masses uh, regarding last night's victory over the Seattle Kraken. We had uh, a, a lot happen uh, over the course of uh, the last 24 hours from uh, Paul Cotter's debut uh, and then into uh, the victory and subsequently uh, just an evaluation of where this team is right now. Six and two in its last eight. And there's starting to be some rumblings that maybe we have to revise expectations despite all the injuries. And uh, Pete DeBoer was asked about that earlier today. We'll get into uh, that. We've got one-timers. Sam and Ash are going to join us. I have a personal question to ask them regarding something that's happening in my uh, my life. And oh, what, else, what else do we have? Oh, one-timers uh, dealing with uh, uh, a little situation that's going on out east regarding a star player uh, and just status. So uh, for all the you uh, hockey police out there. But that... That was a that was a workmanlike performance last night, Ryan. It was not the 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 fancy uh, up and down sizzle, but in a way, it's even more impressive because they went out and coming off the East Coast travel, just did what you had to do to win. Yeah, I, I mean, I looked at the game last night for the Golden Knights. I left that game feeling very, very good about the outlook for this team, mainly because, for me, the Golden Knights did what they needed to do in terms of finding some offense, some timely goals. We'll get to that here in a little bit. Uh, but in the third period, when the Golden Knights went ahead early on and they took advantage of that momentum within the game, they shut it down. They did not allow anything for the Seattle Kraken in tight around the net. Rebounds were really scarce from Robin Leonard, and when there were rebounds, the Golden Knights did a great job boxing out. Defensively, the Golden Knights in the third period gave Seattle nothing. And I think the thing that I was most impressed by was the fact that they were able to clamp things down that way and they played to that identity, and I think that's the identity they need to have until they get some more guys back into the lineup. The performance by Robin Letter was awesome. Again, like right back to it. And is he in a groove right now? Just looks so comfortable. In the second period, 
save after save, and his his legwork and his pad uh, uh, seal on on the ice, it was it made it look really easy. Yeah, he'll he'll do that, right? Like Robin Leonard will make difficult saves look easy when he is dialed in. And I think you you kind of look at what Robin has been for the Golden Knights so far this season and you look at just, you know, his last five games in, in which he has been very, very good, incredibly solid for the Golden Knights, even in the loss to Toronto. Robin was stellar. Like it, it, that Toronto game could have been much, much worse than four nothing. Um this is just a guy that, that right now is feeling it. He's in a groove. He's seeing the puck. He's comfortable. And Robin Leonard's been and still is the MVP of the season right now for the Golden Knights. Uh, coming off the performance against Detroit, which you didn't get anything out of it, uh, last night was really important. And uh, just to be able to beat a team, an expansion team, a team that you should beat, and even with all the injuries that you're 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 on par with, you're not giving up anything. Uh, just be by where they are in the program. That was important. Minnesota coming in. Uh, you've got Detroit again next week, and Detroit's uh, really going. Uh, Carolina, like all these teams on these uh, on this uh, homestand. So to kick it off on a winning note, massive. And then and then you've got that how they did it, like Riley Smith, Alex Petrangelo. Uh, the Donov scoring. We, we covered a lot of that yesterday going into it, uh, that Riley wasn't getting the production that he deserved uh, that, yeah. that would sort of reflect the way he's playing right now. And I was really excited with, uh, with him scoring the two, two goals, one on, on one of the softest, sneakiest deflections I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I mean, Riley, Riley Smith was, was, again, phenomenal for the Golden Knights. He was in the middle of a lot that went right. That line in Smith and Wah and Marcia so had moments where they were just doing a lot of really good heavy lifting in the offensive zone of the Seattle Kraken. And, and you know, I, I think we've seen Marcia so, right, kind of have those big games. We've seen uh, the points stick recently to Nick Wah. It was nice to see Riley Smith get on the board for not one, but two goals within 45 seconds. And you know, from that point forward, it, it, it was all Golden Knights, and they were able to do what, what you expect this team to do, and that's to clamp down a lead and get two points and move on to the next game. Did it not remind you a little bit of year number one for the Golden Knights, that game <laughs> last night? And and sort of the flip side of, of what Seattle's going through. Seattle played a really good game. Mm -hmm. Vegas played a lot of really good games in year number one. The Golden Knights found ways to win those games in year number one. And right now, Seattle is on the other side. They're playing good hockey, but there's a couple of mistakes. And Vegas absolutely jumped on it last night. Yeah, I mean, the Seattle Kraken, right? Like, you go from getting a late goal in the second period to go up 2-1 to one to with less than with 30 seconds left in the period to tied once again with the Golden Knights going into the the third period into that second intermission like that goal from Evgeny Dodonov was was a backbreaker for the Seattle Kraken and you know things kind of snowballed for Seattle like the third period got away from them incredibly early and it just kind of unraveled from there and you know I think your your points well taken in that for the Golden Knights last night 
It was quick strike offense. It was coming, you know, it was it was goals coming in bunches, and then when one turns into two, turns into three, teams start to kind of unravel. So it had that feel for me from year one in the Golden Knights' favor, and you know, for the Seattle Kraken, it's kind of a microcosm of their season. Like there have been games where they have played well enough to win, and there's a four or five minute stretch here or there where things just kind of unravel and they find themselves on the losing end of the stick. So where are you on the expectations of the Vegas Golden Knights going forward? So like, it's interesting, right? Because you look at the Golden Knights and how they started the first five games, they're one and four, right? But since that point in time, since going on the road to face Colorado, then Dallas and everything that's happened in between there, um, the Golden Knights have gone six and two. Like we keep talking about this team as, hey, they need to be five hundred. And for me, like that's always going to be kind of where I, I fall yeah, on them without, yeah. without their their big guys. But when you look at the fact that they've gone six and two in their last eight games and they're playing better, more connected, I think the last two games are probably arguably the two best games the Golden Knights have played from just just a a structure standpoint, defensive responsibility standpoint. I think if they're getting better and the results are starting to come, maybe, maybe a couple of not maybe maybe not a couple of games over 500, but a couple of extra points here and there. Looking at maybe 600 uh, winning percentage points percentage, maybe that's where this team kind of should be and what they are. Do you take the opposition into account? Detroit not predicted to be a playoff team, played well, and they they are playing well right now. Beat Edmonton last night. One of the hottest teams in the National Hockey League. Seattle, expansion team. Uh, beat Montreal. Got away with one there. Not expected to be a playoff team. So how much does does that factor in? Or is a win right now just plain and simply a win? Yeah, a win right now for me is a win. Um, I, I don't care who it comes against. I don't care how it happens. Like The points are really what's most important for the Golden Knights. Uh, I, I mean... You know the Seattle Kraken aren't the Toronto Maple Leafs, right? Like we we all understood that in that game against Toronto, Toronto was a better team. They had more talent. They were able to to kind of have their way with the Golden Knights. But you know, I think that's what's kind of fascinating about this homestand for Vegas is you start off on the right foot with a win against Seattle, and now you've got a really tough test in Minnesota. If the Golden Knights can kind of continue this rate of play, this mm-hmm. strong play, and get some results. I think that that has the ability to snowball on them, and if they if they snowball in the right direction, you know, again, I, I was looking at two two points above 500 on this homestand. The Golden Knights already got two of the eight that I'm looking for. Um, if they're at that level by the time this homestand is over, I, I think we look at this team a little bit differently, and we look at the job that Pete DeBoer has done uh, with with a little bit more. Reverie and, and and respect because he's getting the most out of this club without key key players in the lineup. After game two, this team lost arguably its two most important offensive players, Patrick yeah. and Stone. And there was other injuries yeah. that were uh, piled up beforehand, and there have been other players knocked out of the lineup since William Carlson, Zach Whitecloud. That one and four start that came off the stunning injuries against the Los Angeles Kings staggered the the team. They were mm-hmm. they were looking deer in the headlights. And I, I don't blame them at all. Looking around the room and seeing who was out of the lineup and they weren't short term injuries. And how were you going to find a way 
to stay in it in the Pacific Division and uh, for home ice advantage in the Western Conference and with the crossover. That one and four start, what it the hole that it dug was a really difficult predicament. But off of that and this six and two stretch, even though it's against some teams that you're supposed to beat, Ottawa, Montreal, Seattle, like there's those teams you should find a way to, to pick up points uh against. Mm-hmm. This stretch is one of the most impressive stretches of hockey that I've watched this team play in my time around the the Vegas Golden Knights, three years. And I'll include the first two years as well in that. Because it's not just the injuries, Ryan. It's where you were after yeah. the injuries and digging yourself a, a one and four hole. The coaches, the players all found a way to come together and get on the same page defensively. Nick Waugh mentioned that today. Defensively, more than anything, the goaltending's been spectacular, and you've come up with timely efforts and performances. It's it's not going to go down in uh, in the record books as an eight-game winning streak that, that you'll look back and, and, and remember with great fanfare. But if you're looking at defining moments in a season six and two with the injuries that they uh, had to endure and are enduring off a one and four start. It's uh, it's really impressive. Yeah, I I agree with you. And you, you know, you look at it and the golden Knights did everything that they needed to do from the moment they went one and four, right? Like, this team got themselves within a week back to 500 before going on that road trip, before embarking on that four-gamer against Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, and Detroit. And then, you know, for me, like, we talk about teams you're supposed to beat, and, and we talk about it from the aspect of a Golden Knights team being healthy. And for sure, you look at the teams that Vegas was able to find wins against on the road, those are teams that that team should beat. But when it's not a guarantee, that becomes a dangerous spot because all of a sudden the opposition is looking at it as an opportunity to stick it to the Golden Knights. And there are plenty of teams in this league that every single time they play Vegas, they just simply want to stick it to that team. I think the Golden Knights and the run that they're on right now, 6-2 and two in their last eight games, it hasn't always been pretty. It hasn't always been the perfect process, but the results that the Golden Knights are getting are are really, really important to where this team wants to be at the end of the year and what their plans are beyond just the regular season. So uh, you look at the, the guys leading the charge, Chandler Stevenson and Jonathan Marsh, so Riley Smith, Nick Waugh, uh, those guys that are leading the Golden Knights in scoring right now. I think it's a, especially impressive when you look at the top four scorers on this team and you see who they are that they were able to go on this six and six and two run over the last eight games. Nick, tomorrow night's tough. Tomorrow, tomorrow night's a game yeah. that you shouldn't win with everybody that's out of the lineup. So anything, anything well, tomorrow night is a bonus given the way Minnesota has played this year and the their own resiliency that they've showed not not through injury but through deficits and being able to come back. But when you're when you start with one win in your first four games and you lose 
the franchise players that they had to play without and knew that they were going to have to play without going forward for uh, weeks, maybe a month or, or more, it's really easy to feel sorry for yourself. And it's yeah. really easy for that to snowball. And, and what happens is you look at those games that you should win, the teams that you should beat, and it switches. You become the team that they should beat because you're licking your yeah. wounds. And I, I think it's as much on the coaching staff of this team and maybe more so on the coaching staff. Players still play, but this staff has probably done as much coaching in 13 games, Ryan, than they would have expected to do in 45 because of of all the new players in the lineup, the players that they've lost, and how they've had to just uh, not not just reinforce strategy, Ryan Wallace, but they've had to teach the strategy and the systems to players that are coming in and new players playing with different players. Yeah, and and that's that's kind of the the missing piece of all of this. I, I think we look at it, and you know, when when I'm hypercritical of Evgeny Dodonov, or I'm critical in, in the early stages of say Nolan Patrick as he's kind of trying to learn exactly how to play Golden Knights hockey. Where are you going to be? Who are you going to be playing with? And then all of a sudden, you get into two, three, four games into the season, and all of a sudden, those new players that are still trying to figure out the X's and O's and what to do within this system are now playing up the lineup, have, being asked to provide more, uh, there's a there's an acclimation period. And for the Golden Knights, it was rocky at the beginning, but it for me, the course has seemed to steady here over the last four or five games. And I'm, I'm encouraged. The results are important. The results are, are great. But for me, over the last couple of games for the Golden Knights, the process, the way that they have been playing – cutting down on on turnovers, cutting down on really quality scoring chances that they're giving up, that's the pinnacle of what the Golden Knights are. That is when they are playing their best. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that Pete DeBoer has caught, kind of gotten them to that point here is encouraging. And, and I'm curious about tomorrow's game against Minnesota because, you know, for the Golden Knights, they're going into that game against Minnesota. I, I would I would argue as the underdogs, like everyone's kind of looking at this as Minnesota with with the injuries the Golden Knights have. Minnesota should should roll Vegas. I think there's there's a possibility for the Golden Knights to get up for that game and make a statement against the Minnesota Wild because they're playing as well as they are. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt that that, that the Minnesota Wild, with their health and yeah. and performance so far this year. Should be considered uh, a favorite. The team's got eight wins in eleven games, and seven yeah. of them, they've been able to rally and come from behind. That it's a, it's a club that has picked up where it left off a year ago. There's been no soft spot from the Minnesota Wild in in after taking a big step last year. We'll see, and it's not. I, I don't put a lot uh, in, into tomorrow night. But I do look at being able to uh, be able to keep pace, and that's what they've done. They've been able to rescue uh, this start, this first 20-game stretch, and, and that's been terribly, 
terribly uh, impressive. And I use terribly in a positive uh, sense there. It's It's been <laughs> so much fun. And uh, Alex Petrangelo, there, there, there's been different facets where individually uh, their play is it's lights out. I, ex- I exchanged a text with... Uh, with somebody high up in, in a ho- hockey organization last night, NHL organization last night. And I said, I had no idea how much joy it would bring me being able to watch Alex Petrangelo every night in person. And and I'm not joking around or using hyperbole there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Darren Elliott yeah. Uh, calls him my man crush uh, because even he, he chews gum like a, like a gamer, like a hockey player. And, and he does, and he just—he's an absolute joy to watch play this game. I—I I mean, listen, Alex Petrangelo um, has has just kind of risen to to the level that you expect him to. And what's funny is there hasn't really been much of a change in how he played the first—I don't know—eight uh, games of the season as opposed to the last four just the last four, the puck is going in for him, right? Like Alex Petrangelo is finding the back of the net. He's getting multi-point games. He's got six points in his last four games. Hey, do, like, do you me, think it has anything to do with being more comfortable with his partner that uh, that he's got skating with him this year because of the injuries? I, I, I think that that maybe, maybe that's part of it, but I, I still look at the way that he was playing over the course of the beginning of the season, and he was still generating a ton. He was still doing everything that you need Alex Petrangelo to do. But, you know, you look at kind of the first goal that goes in for him in Ottawa, it's just kind of like a missed play by by the goaltender. And you look at the goal last night that, that Drieger gives up to Petrangelo. Like, the, Alex Petrangelo has had better quality scoring chances yeah. than the goals that have gone in for him. And like that's why I, I'm always a little reluctant when it comes to analytics and Alex Petrangelo because, quite frankly, he does so much that goes unnoticed when, when you're not just focused on him or if you're only looking at shot maps and, and, and those types of metrics. Petrangelo controls games and generates by himself, and that to me... Uh, has been his calling card all year. It's just the last four games, the puck's going in for him. So now everyone's saying, well, well, boy, Alex Petrangelo, look out. No, he's been this good all season long. Shot maps. Don't get I mean, started on like shot them. maps. I like them. They're helpful. In, in watch the game. You don't need well, yeah, shot maps. Of course watch the game, Darren. Come on. Shot maps. What do you think I was doing? <sighs> Where, where, where did you watch the game last night? When we, I was up in Auxiliary Box 2 in VGK <laughs> Communication Box. Nice. Right across the hall from the VGK Communication Center. Mm. Chapman was up there, right? Chapman? Yeah, you pretended like you didn't know me when I tried to say hello. No, because I, I was right pretending. in the middle of a conversation. I just said hello. <laughs> but you jumped in. We were in the middle of telling stories. No, you. there was Ooh. there was a pause. I picked was, my spot, and I, I said hello, and, and Darren big-timed me. You believe who I, that? Who did I big-time big time you with? You were well with with Danny Webster was in that conversation I think and and yeah. there were a couple of other people and and there was a, there was I waited for my moment to say hi big time yeah it big times me I'm not surprised I mean you you you're you're a big time guy so I mean you're you're a cool cat Darren so I, I get why you big times me there was a really cool story yeah I missed it it uh, I it, wasn't invited it, into it the involved, conversation it. 
No, you weren't actually. No, I wasn't. <laughs> this is, this he is was, going deep right now. He was Jeez. hovering around the periphery like uh uh-huh. it was just weird. Well, no, I was waiting for my moment to say, Hey Darren, what's going on, buddy? Send a text. When you're two feet away from me. I'm fine with that. Uh, when we continue, uh Jack Eichel's first night of the fortress was a uh, a memorable night. It was it was fun. There was a lot going on uh, around Jack, and now he uh, looks towards uh, his surgery. And we'll chat a little bit about uh, the people that have made their debuts this year for the Vegas School of the Knights. How does that pay off, and where are those players right now in their developments? The BGK Insider Show. Chapman, I can't talk right now. I'm throwing a break. On Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Going to give Dan Duva some credit here because it's his information. Why you always give credit is just in case it's the odd time that the information is wrong. And I, I, <laughs> I don't think this information is wrong. But you always give credit because if the information is wrong, then you just say, oh, well, that was their information. But uh, but Dan Duva uh, told me uh, this today. We were chatting with uh, Dave Gosher hanging around the office. Uh, ten players have made their VGK debut this year. Hmm. Five of them, five of those players, have made their National Hockey League debut. And we're 13 games into the season. 29 players uh, have played for the Vegas School of Knights this year, and no team has uh, has suited up uh, more than 29 players. A couple of others have, have equaled that. But we're, we're dealing with uh, some situations here where it's go out there and try to learn on the fly, and Jake Lecician is kind of learning on the fly right now. Yeah, I, you know, it's interesting with, with Jake because he's he's gotten the ability to just be in the lineup, right? 11 games so far this year for Jake, but for me... It's the fact that he's not playing in the fourth on the fourth line role. He's he's moved up a bit. He's he's kind of asked to do a little bit more. And there have been moments where he's been very effective for the Golden Knights just in kind of making sure he's on the right side of the puck, making sure that he is doing the things that, that are needed of a young player. And, you know, for me, gaining the trust of the coaching staff is the main focus for these young players that are trying to get into the lineup and, and being asked to, to play a role. And Jake's done that so far. I, I think that he's turned himself into and taken advantage of this opportunity and really earned the trust of the coaching staff. Hey, don't take Ryan's word for it. Here's the coach himself talking about Jake Lecician's play. Uh, you know what? He just, uh, just solid. You know, safe, solid. I think for young guys coming into the league, uh, the first step's always getting the coach's trust that uh, he can put you on the ice. Um, and, uh, you know, you're not going to be a liability defensively. It's one thing to, you know, all these young guys have scored at the lower levels. Otherwise, they wouldn't be here. Um, you know, but to come in and create a goal but give up two, you know, doesn't move our team forward. And I think Jake gets that. I, I think part of it is his dad played for a long time, and I'm sure, you know, uh, he, he has a lot of great uh, advice and mentors behind the scene, you know, that have been there and, and know what's important, and, and he gets it. No, that's all him. You know, I, I think, again, we, we, we're kind of looking at that young, all those young guys as a group, and, uh, you know, we're seeing who, 
who kind of separates himself from the pack. And I think he's done that with his reliability here early. And what we're watching right now is really important for the now and the performance Mm -hmm. and picking up seven wins uh, against six losses. Huge for the potential of challenging for first place in the Pacific, the conference, and the overall uh, later on. Stay in it. But there's also a, an, another competition that's taking place. And, and in a way, it, it goes back to, to training camp. Paul Cotter played last night because he was great in the preseason. He got yeah. that look. So when this team gets back to being healthy, and it will, may not happen overnight, and it may happen as a gradual process, but when it gets back to being the roster that we projected at the start of the season and there's an injury or somebody can't play, who does the coaching staff look at to get called up? It's the players like Jake Lasician who are doing a great job right now in the ice time that they're offered. So it's it's a, an audition for the present day to get ice time and see if you can move up inside those 12 forwards. And it's also creating the avenue to be that next guy called up in game 65 when there's a hiccup or an injury. Yeah, it's almost like a second training camp yes. except for these these games. Except it really matters. Right? Like these, yeah. yeah, these games are important. And and I think that there's so much value for Jake LeCision. There's so much value for Paul Cotter for getting into the game and you know how many more opportunities is he going to get? We'll, we'll see over the course of the next couple of days. But there's there's great value in that. And for me, like you know, the here and now. If you can prove that you can do it right now, and then everything gets healthy, and and you continue to take the lessons you learned while you were up in the NHL, and you apply them to what you're doing in the AHL. It's only going to be a matter of time before you know these players are back in and helping contribute on this. I'm not going to speak for coaches, but I kind of know how coaching works. And what Pete said there was, you score one, but you cost us two. Well, that's not progress. No. That's not moving it forward. What do the coaches remember? In in game 62 of the season, and you've got a need in your, in your bottom six. Are they going to remember the goal that you scored? Or are they going to remember the two plays where you didn't get it in deep or you lost your guy uh, in your own zone and it cost you a couple of goals? I know how coaching works, and the coaches remember the latter. Mm-hmm. And that's being able to take care of the team game and not and not forcing the issue individually, which is pretty natural thing to do is to want to go out and impress individually but be but having that confidence in yourself and uh the maturity uh of the moment is is what makes what somebody what like Jake is doing right now and I don't want to make him into the 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 second coming of uh that he's going to have a 15 year national hockey league career but it has been impressive in in how he's quietly proven himself 
without going out and having a multi-point game in his back pocket. Yeah, and there there are plays that he makes, right? Like last night, there was a play where, you know, for the Golden Knights, completing passes at, at, at some point in time early on in the game was, was pretty difficult. Now, the Seattle Kraken were on a delayed offside. Rather than just throw the puck into the neutral zone and hope for a play, Jake recoiled, took his time, found his defenseman, and, and made a pass that, that led to the Golden Knights getting through the neutral zone into the offensive zone and, and a little bit of sustained zone time. Uh, the, the smarts, the ability to read and react to the play and not panic in those situations has, has been, for me, what has impressed me about Jake's play. Um, and you're right. I mean, you, you, everyone wants to score. Every single person that plays in the NHL wants to find the back of the net, but you have to make sure you're playing within the parameters of what the team needs from mm-hmm. you, and I think that's what Jake has done so well. He is playing his role to a T for this team. But why is Will Carrier playing with Chandler Stevenson and Evgeny Dodonov? Because Pete knows exactly what you're going to get out of him. Mm-hmm. And because it's not for going out there and scoring a bunch of goals— because Will doesn't have that in his game. I had a multi-point, right. multi-point night, uh, multi-assist uh, night for the first time in his career. But it's being responsible. That's that's the first place the coaches go to. Not the not the necessarily the sexiest move, but it's the responsible move. So these these different. And I'll throw Brett Howden into this mix. He's played in the National Hockey League before, but he's new to the organization. Uh, is is where that's how you get the coach's trust. And it's really, and I could see it on, on Peyton Krebs' uh, game, it's really hard to do all of that when you know you're going to be judged about points because fans, we talk about points. And it's it's a conundrum. It's always a conundrum. Some of these players have done a really nice job of it. Others need a little bit more work. But the proof of the progress, not just, not just uh, the the wins and loss, but the but that process that you talk about, Ryan, is in the six and two result since the one and four start. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right, and you know when you can be a part of that, when you can be a part of this team winning games and 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 looking more like the Golden Knights that we have come to understand and expect as one of the best teams in the league just in, in how they defend and how they play the game, then you're you're proving something. Even if you don't find the back of the net, even if you don't if the points aren't there for you, you're proving a lot to your coaches, to your team, and to yourself. The Vegas Golden Knights are above five hundred. We expected that. Mm-hmm. But not with all the injuries. And we'll see how close the reinforcements are coming. And when somebody like Mark Stone, who we saw on the ice at the morning skate the other day, is back in the lineup, there's we're starting to hit that point where you can ask the questions about some of these players, about the Pacioretties, uh, about the White Clouds, about mm. the Patricks and the Stones, and not just Stone, when are we going to see him in the lineup, but when are we going to see some of these other... We're not turning the corner yet, right? But you can see that you get you're, you're going to have to slow down to make that turn, and and that's a real, real positive. That's a really good analogy, Dan. Well Thank done. you. Uh, yeah, appreciate you're it. Welcome. Hey, our friend Sam and Asher coming up uh, with the legal minute on 
uh, Fox Sports Las Vegas. We'll also bring you our play of the day, and it does come from the Seattle Kraken Vegas Golden Knights contest at T-Mobile Arena last night. We will get into our one-timer segment and rating the game from last night. There's a shocking evaluation. I got a sneak peek at the votes uh, that have been submitted, and uh, I think the people are going to be a little surprised at at what uh, Chapman, Wallace, and Millard have to offer. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. It's time for the Legal Minute with Sam and Ash on the VGK Insider Show. Oh, get all all your information by hanging out with our friends in the Legal Minute uh, with Sam and Ash. Ash is with us today on Fox Sports Las Vegas, uh, the VGK Insider Show with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Uh, Ash, uh, apologies uh, to you. You had to spend about two minutes on the phone with uh, Chris Chapman. But but good news is you're off the phone with him and you're on the air with us. (laughs) <laughs> well, happy to. I'm glad to be here, and also no apologies needed. I love talking about Formula One with Chapman, and we were talking about the Mexican Grand Prix that I unfortunately missed this past weekend because I was at PBR's World Finals. So. Were you? You went to the PBR? Yeah, I did. I was lucky enough to get some seats, and so a group of us went, and it was absolutely a fabulous time. Oh, that's on my bucket list. Uh, one of those things to to go to. I grew up on rodeo back uh, back in Canada. It's so cool, and to be able to see PBR would be awesome. Hey, uh, we got Jack Eichel in town, and he's uh, he's been acquired by the the Vegas Golden Knights, and he's going to have his uh, uh, alternative uh, alternate uh, artificial disc replacement surgery uh, this Friday. Uh, it's a big plus, and he's so happy that the Golden Knights are going along with uh, that process of treatment. But the backstory is Buffalo didn't want him to have that surgery. They wanted to have the fusion mm-hmm. uh, surgery. And there's about to be a grievance filed, never got to that stage. Because it all worked out in Jack's favor and having the surgery that he wants, even though it's not in the CBA, does that count for any precedent moving forward uh, if a player wants to have uh, some kind of treatment that maybe the team doesn't want them to have? Yeah, I, I'm actually really surprised that the process played out the way it did because there should, there really needs to be an appeals process, especially with medicine in your body. I mean, that's something so, I mean, ultimately personal that it really should be your decision and you should be able to appeal it and you should be able to challenge what the team thinks. I mean, look, a, a fusion surgery is when they fuse two levels of your spine together. That is a, as drastic of any type of procedure that you can do to the human body. And so I'm not surprised that he didn't want to do it. He wanted to try a, a newer uh, alternative procedure. And, and so I, th- there needs to be some type of precedent set from this. And I, I'm surprised that the process took so long and I wouldn't be um, shocked if a little bit of it was COVID and and just poor communication between both sides. So uh, the precedent is is one thing and and we deal with that uh, all the time in real life. Uh, You deal with it uh, hour upon hour uh, in the legal system. But in this case, like you still have uh, a functioning collective bargaining agreement that's in place. Yeah, you do, and but I don't. I've never seen it, so I have no idea. What, I really it, it have no idea say, what the agreement is between the the players' association and the league, and what it entails, especially with respect to injuries and medical treatment, and, and players' choice of medical treatment. It says uh, basically, I'll give the Coles notes. I love, I love, yeah, telling, I, I, I love giving a lawyer. Uh, the Coles notes of something like I've never felt smarter in my life than I do right now. Uh, what it does say <laughs> is uh, is that the player is allowed to seek a second opinion, but the team ultimately has the final say. 
Well, then what's the point? That's pointless. What's mm-hmm. the point of getting a second opinion other than to not go through with it? So, right. yeah, I, I, I'm very shocked that that's what they bargained and agreed to. Uh, this is something that will likely change moving forward, especially with high profile players. And it's one of those issues that was probably bargained for, agreed upon and never really became a problem because no one needed such an, a serious procedure, such a controversial procedure, such as a spinal surgery. And so I anticipate this changing moving forward. Ryan? Yeah, I, I think that's kind of the interesting thing, right? Like when you go through collective bargaining and you, you start thinking about just kind of how these hypothetical situations, it's always different when you're just thinking about something that may happen to someone else. But I think now that this has been you know on the forefront, how best do you think the NHLPA, the Players Association, should try to negotiate um, something different so that players' rights when it comes to medical treatment can 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 really come down to maybe uh, maybe independent arbitrator in this situation where you've got a team that's saying this surgery, you've got a player and a second opinion saying, no, let's go this direction. How do you best remedy that? Oh, that's a great question. You know, ultimately, I think the decision on medical treatment must rest with a player and whether or not the team can have some type of recourse if a player decides to go against its uh, its preferred method of treatment, that might be worked through and, and yeah. dealt with in the next agreement. But remember, it's a collective bargaining agreement that tries to encompass everything that's going to ever be dealt with between the players and the league. And so you have to give up some things to get other things. And maybe this is one of those cards that the Players Association gave up to get something else. And uh, I don't know. If I was Eichel, I'd be talking to my, my union rep my players association president and rep and say like, Hey, moving forward, this is ridiculous what I went through and it shouldn't happen to anyone else. And he should talk to the players and, and make it a priority moving forward. Boy, did you join uh, up with the HSK at the right time? Because all the players are doing a great job with the silver Knights uh, and the, those handful of players are up with the Vegas golden Knights. You're getting the best of both worlds right now. Oh, we really are. I, I tell everyone, and someone said it to me, and I've stolen it. It's we are watching the future of VGK every time we go to Orleans Arena and soon to be Dollar Loan Center, uh, watching these players, and they're incredibly good, and they're they play such fun hockey, fast paced, and and they're passionate because they know it's just one play that could get them the call up, and so it's really exciting, and I I can't recommend it any more than I already do that people should go watch them and support them and, and just check out what they're doing day in and day out. Uh, Sam and Ash, uh, your personal injury lawyers, they, they just will do everything to make sure that it's right for uh, you. And uh, we'll give you the number in just a little bit, but I've got a personal question for you and it has to do with, okay. with my, with my puppy. Now I've got a nine year old black <laughs> lab and, and, and this is, you deal with insurance companies all the time. So I've, she blew out her knee yesterday but she's already had oh. surgery on her other leg, and we've got the new pet insurance provider. Uh-huh. Do you think? Do you think because she's already had knee surgery, even though it's not the same leg, I'm gonna be screwed here when it comes to uh, a pre-existing condition? No, I think you should be fine. Especially really? like if the oh. if when you yeah if you when you purchase the health insurance, so long as you declared all her pro, here her. Him, yeah. uh prior injuries, I, you'll be fine. It's They know what they're getting into. I love it. 
You may be the happiest person in the world and also $5,000 uh, richer. And, and also, <laughs> if they deny it, let's talk. I'm going to fight for your dog's knee. This nice. is BS. Oh, Austin would love that. Uh, that, that yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I was just curious about that because we were sitting in the vet today, and I, and I told my wife, I said, I'm going to ask Ash about this today. Uh, Sam and Ash about <laughs> this. Uh, I'm going to steal my own uh, segment. Uh, but uh, that... That is uh, is amazing. And uh, give us the number, 702-820-1234. Yeah, that's it. It's there easy. We are. There we are. It's, uh, see, even, even my little brain can remember that number. And they are oh, friends. Stop. They are dog lovers. They're amazing. <laughs> and uh, and they will do what's right for you. SalmonAshLaw.com. Uh, have a great weekend, and we can't wait to hang out with you again. Oh, thanks, guys. Have a good one. There's Ash from SalmonAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. The Legal Minute every week on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. The Legal Minute with Sam and Ash on the VGK Insider Show. Brought to you by Sam and Ash. Visit them at SamandAsh.com because you deserve what's right.